You're listening to the SoPod Network, Salute to Service Podcast. On today's episode, Southern Company and Georgia Power former Marines Jack Norton and Joshua Burrill discuss their time in the Marines, the transition to civilian life, and military employee resource groups. Hi, everybody. My name is Jack Norton. We're on the Southern Company Podcast Network, wherever you're tuning in from. I'm here with Josh Barrell, and uh, we're both Marines here to talk about the Southern Company Veterans Program, Military Veterans in Power, which is uh, annotated as MVP. Uh, and we're also here to talk about the Veterans Program that Southern Company has and our time on active duty, our transition into the civilian sector kind of how that worked, how it's applicable to other veterans who are looking to get out of the military or maybe are out of the military already and trying to go into a new civilian life, into the workforce. And so without further ado, I'll kind of introduce Josh, again, another Marine. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Um, so Marine Corps veteran, uh, spent four years um, stationed at Camp Pendleton, California. I uh, went to Paris Island, you know, where the real Marines are, are trained at. And uh, <laughs> Marines who are listening will get that. Yeah. And um, did two deployments in Southeast Asia. Um, I was in uh, an 0811 artillery battalion. Um, and pretty, pretty much my whole job in the Marine Corps was just to float around Southeast Asia. We trained different militaries. Uh, we're just the presence out there. Uh, got a really good opportunity to work with the, the Thai Marine Corps, the South Korean Marine Corps, um, Japanese Army, and um, very humbling experience. Yeah. Uh, I was actually out in Okinawa myself. It was a little bit before your time over there, but I spent a couple years overseas too. Very rewarding experience. Uh, you said your occupational specialty uh, was artillery. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. How did uh, how did that go as far as transitioning from the Marine Corps into you know going back to school or going into the civilian sector as an artillery Marine? People might think that all it is is shooting big guns or shooting cannons. Pull string, or, go boom. Yeah, pull string, <laughs> go boom. Yeah. Um, people will think that that's all you do, but there's a lot more that goes into it as far as logistics, uh, inventory, weapons management, things like that. Absolutely. Um, it's something you hear time and time. You know, At a very young age, you're tasked to be responsible for multi-million dollar pieces of equipment, personnel. Um, you're kind of just thrown into it and you have that type of responsibility at a very young age. I, I joined the Marine Corps at 23. I was a little older. Um, I wasn't, I was going to college ahead of time. I kind of knew this is something I wanted to do. And I was, I was like, well, I'm old enough. Might as well get into it and got in artillery. Um, it's a very tight knit community logistics. We, su- we supported ourselves, you know, we're out there supporting the infantry, supporting the, the ground guys and no one's there to support us. We have to pr- provide that support. Um, so it's a very humbling experience to do that. And getting out of the military, um, as we all know, it's not a big job market for anyone who's in artillery. So you have to take it upon yourself, take some responsibility and figure out what that plan is going to be for you. Um, there are a lot of resources out there for veterans, but sometimes it takes that self-responsibility, a self-initiative, whether it's going to school, learning a trade or just getting a job, or if you want to move home, move somewhere else or stay where you're at or do another four years. Um, so for me, um, I finished school, I got my bachelor's while I was in the Marine Corps and um, came back, joined. Um, I didn't have a job, but I got uh, came home and applied, applied, applied. And within two months, I landed a job with Lane Construction, got into the construction industry and uh, 
to the safe. My background is in safety. Right. Yeah, that's that's one thing that there might be a little bit of a misunderstanding about is is folks coming out of the military. Some people who might not be familiar uh, with the armed forces don't know that you're tasked and given responsibility, like you mentioned, for things at such a very young age, 20, 22, yeah. 24 years old, you're handling millions of dollars worth of equipment. Um, some Sometimes it can be dangerous equipment or put in dangerous situations and you're in a position of authority at a very young age. I've known you know, countless Marines and other service members from the different branches who have just been put in situations that they could have never imagined at you know 22 years old. So it's, it's really, um, interesting when you get that reaction from people who might not be familiar with the military. Uh, you, you mentioned coming off active duty and going into the civilian sector. That's something I actually did twice. So I served on active duty in the Marine Corps and then came off act or came off active duty into the civilian workforce, went back on active duty again, and then back into the civilian workforce. So I did it twice. There are a lot of resources out there for veterans who want to go into the civilian community and, and get a new job. And it's kind of like this sea of goodwill that people want to help veterans and help with their transition. But I always like to say you can also drown in that sea of goodwill because you don't know where to go and you don't know where to start and you don't know what you don't know. Um, so can you talk about some of the things that you kind of worked with or people that you worked with to help yourself get off and into the civilian workforce? I'll say it was tough, you know, kind of being in a combat type of uh, role, you know, they were pushing us no matter when you were getting out. You know, we, we didn't, I didn't have a, a whole lot of time to focus on me. Yeah. Um, they knew I was getting out and I did the bare minimum that allowed me to do because they, you don't always have someone replacing you when you leave the, the military. Yeah. So that's a big component of that. They still need people to do a job. Um, so for me, you know, they have the Marine Corps has a week long program. When you get out, it's a mandatory to attend. Talks about how to create a LinkedIn page, how to create your resume, um, how to dress business casual, how to talk a little different. You have a lot of guest speakers come in and you'll also have local vendors like local businesses. Uh, the police department show up, the fire department show up. So there's a couple avenues that kind of get you thinking about what my next chapter is going to be if you don't already have a plan. Yeah. So I, I, I try to take all that into stride for me. I was like, well, I've never created a resume. So how do I create my resume? Um, how do I create my LinkedIn page? Um, kind of went through those steps, basic steps. And then when I got out, I had something created. And luckily, I have a twin brother. Um, he was uh, in recruiting at the time and is in sales now. Um, he was finding, he found job, doctor's jobs. So he helped me improve my resume. That's kind of what he did. And I reached out to family, I reached out to other friends that were already in the workforce, you know, many years before me. And I kind of just piggybacked on them. Like, Hey, what would work for you? What, you know, what can I do? And I was, you know, kind of getting out in the open. Hey, here's my resume. Can you help me out? So I had to be a little vulnerable and show people the limited amount of experience that I have. And that kind of got my foot in the door. It, it sometimes takes some cold calling and, you know, the transition readiness seminar TRS, or sometimes they call it TAPS, transition assistance program that everybody has to go through when they're getting off active duty. I did it myself uh, a number of years back. It's good. It's valuable. The Department of Defense and the various branches only have so much time and, and effort that they're able to put into those. So as you said, it's only about a week. Sometimes it's two weeks, but 
a week is not enough to to transfer yourself into a totally different new line of work and a totally different lifestyle. Um, and especially you coming out of what would be called a combat arms occupational specialty like artillery. There's not there's not a lot of artillery out in the civilian That's community right. anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world. Um so you probably, when you were selling yourself, because that's what it is when you're looking for a job, you're selling yourself. You're making your pitch. You're trying to tell people what your value proposition is, what your added value to an organization is. So you probably had to really rely on the fact that you had managed money, you had managed equipment, you had managed people, you'd been in some really unique situations, really trying to play that up, I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, it's kind of funny to think about now, but as a kid, I was very shy. Um, I had a lot, of, a lot of friends, but I never was the person that would go up to someone to start a conversation. The Marine Corps kind of changed that for me because, you know, you kind of, again, you're just handed a task with limited direction and you're expected to execute. So kind of taking that responsibility kind of helped me mature even more and get comfortable being uncomfortable. So when I got out, I had some type of confidence so I go and interview with with different companies, you know, look them in the eye, shake their hand, talk confidently. Even if I was wrong, I didn't know what I was talking about. At least come across like you're confident. Yeah. And I think that was a big piece for me. Yeah, I, I definitely sat in those interviews um, a number of times over the years. And again, selling yourself, being confident in yourself and trying to make sure that you've got an elevator pitch or a speech prepared. Right to to sell yourself and pitch your skills that you learned on active duty some of the hard skills and also some of the soft skills the intangible skills like leadership management uh things like that but it really does come down to you have to put yourself out there and be willing to be vulnerable right because uh i've always told people if they're getting out and if they're trying to find a civilian job don't ever turn down a meeting don't ever turn That's down right. an interview especially if it's your first go round as far as Absolutely. job searching goes um, even if it's just an informational meeting, just to sit down for coffee or just to sit down to find out about what that organization or that company does, you know, you really have to get your face and your name out there as much as possible to start that networking, to, to really ingratiate yourself into the civilian community. Because again, you might be dealing with people who are completely unfamiliar with the military. And since the transition to the all-volunteer force several decades ago, it's it's not as if everybody out there has had a family member or served themselves. Um, I think it's around, of the million people who are involved in the military, on active duty, National Guard, reserves, uh, there's only 1% of the U.S. population that actually serves in the military. And so... Um, in one respect, veterans are kind of a diversity piece in the workforce. You know, a lot of people are kind of talking about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and veterans kind of make up that piece of diversity, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We. Um, so I'm the you know the president of MVP, and that's something we take pride on is how diverse our ERG is. You know, we yeah. come from all different backgrounds, ways of life, um, sometimes. Um, different parts of the world, you know, have come to the company and work together. But one thing we do have in common is that we're veterans. Yeah. ERG is employee employee resource group. And I forgot to mention at the top that Josh is the, the head of MVP military veterans in power. He's the head of that resource group here at Southern company. Uh, you're based out of, or you work for Georgia power is the operating company that you work for. I work with Southern company services, uh, both based here in Atlanta. Um, it used to be 
probably 10 years ago that the veterans unemployment rate was at an all-time high and i don't have the figures in front of me right now but it was it was crisis level especially for post 9 11 veterans like yourself and myself um and people coming out of the what we mentioned were combat arms occupational specialties especially had a tough time um that's that's really gone down veterans are are much more capable of finding a job than they used to be um but things like the MVP program, the employee resources groups that Southern Company has, uh, that really helps in the process, right? Absolutely. And that's that's one of our biggest focus is how do we help transitioning veterans coming into the company? Because yeah. to your point, I mean, everyone has a different story. I mean, and our transition period just looks different. Yeah. And I've, I've been out five, six, seven years. Um, you can look at the date now. It's been, I feel like it's been a lot longer than it has. Um, but sometimes I still feel like I'm transitioning, yeah. you know, and I think other people can relate to that. And depending on your experience, you know, it may take some time to transition. Yeah. Unfortunately, what you'll find, and I don't find this at Southern Company, thankfully, but unfortunately, what you will find is that there are just some people going back to what we talked about at the top. There are some folks that just don't think that military skills translate into whatever civilian organization, whether it's a private sector company, a government job. Um, a nonprofit organization or something else, they don't think that those skills align with what their organization needs. And so it really goes back to to selling yourself and making that pitch. Um, what kind of valuable things or yeah, value added, what do you think veterans bring to to a workforce or a company like Southern Company or something else? So a lot of things. Um, and this, these are the conversations that I have and I, I love to have with leaders across Georgia Power. And really anyone who would just listen to me, yeah. um, being the president this year, it just I get to have these, uh, the opportunity to have these conversations and to, to recruit and just brag about MVP. Right. Um, but why veterans make an impact in the business? Because for first off, we want to be good employees. Right. We're loyal. Yeah. Right? We sign up to volunteer to do something to serve a lot larger than ourselves. So coming to the company, we want to be loyal. And two, we're used to having some type of experience leading a project, leading an initiative, leading other people, um, responsible for troubleshooting, you know, taking a task that or taking and something that needs to be fixed, something to improve on. We can do that with limited instruction, you know. So veterans have a they come from all walks of life. They have a lot of great resources and being a team player is something that, again, we have to rely on ourselves to be because of the experiences that we had. And, you know, coming back to the Marine Corps, you know, sometimes I didn't get to choose who was a part of my team. Right. But our lives literally depended on each other to um, to be the best that we could so we would survive in certain situations if we were ever put in a certain situation. Yeah. Um, and, and I was a section chief, my second appointment. Everyone underneath me could do my job effectively. Right. So it didn't there. So your rank or your structure didn't really it mattered to a certain extent. But while you're doing your job and if I were to go down, someone else would literally pick up the pieces to do it effectively. So that's something that all veterans can re, can relay on and they, they can take that into the company like Southern Company and they can they can use that type of experience. Yeah. And you mentioned that the uh, the Marines and other service members that served underneath you or the ones that you were supervising could all do your job effectively. That's a kind of a testament to your leadership, your supervision and management of those people. 
in order to have them ready to take over if for whatever reason you weren't able to to fill that capacity. Um, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the skills that veterans bring to the civilian workforce in any kind of role. I was speaking one time, and this has been a few years back, I was speaking to somebody from the Army who was transitioning off of active duty. And he specialized in explosive ordnance disposal, EODs. So when he was deployed overseas, he was finding landmines, taking them apart, um, putting together roadblocks to keep people safe from IEDs and, and other things in a deployed environment. And he was doing this, as we said, he was doing this at 21 years old, 22 years old. Um, and he asked me, what can I do? You know, now that I'm getting out of the military, what can I do? And I'm like, man, if you did that at 21 years old, if <laughs> yeah. that was your first life experience, you can do anything. You that's know? right. <laughs> I mean, you can you can really do anything if that's if that's what your first employment experience is at 21 years old, first time out in the world. Uh, I would trust him to do a lot of things. I would assume so, and maybe he could pretty good at managing stress. I would assume as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I always say that the military, again, with around a million people. Uh, active duty, National Guard, reservists. I always say it's it's really a cross-section of society. You have everything that is out there in the civilian community, you have it represented in some way in the military. Everything from high school graduate or GED all the way up to PhDs and medical doctors, master's degrees, MBAs, everything in between. Um, people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. So that's probably something you see as part of the military veterans in power, the MVP program that we have here at Southern Company. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, everyone in this company, you know, full engineers, everyone here is pretty smart, right? Yeah. Um, and we all have different responsibilities. Like I'm in, I work in safety, I'm in operations, um, safety specialist. And then you have groups that are engineers, you have um, material specialists, people who work um, at Forest Park. Yeah. And they all serve in leadership positions. Right. And so you will have someone that's been the company 20 plus years right next to someone who's been here maybe five months in a leadership position. But they can do the job just as effectively because of their experience. And um, again, that's something we take pride on. We, want, we welcome folks that want to have a chance to get recognized for the type of work want to help our veterans internally and externally. We do a lot of work in the community as well. Uh, but it gets them out in front of leaders and say, hey, this is who I am. This is my capabilities. Look at me um, so I can we can work to progress their careers. You yeah. Because everyone needs exposure. You need a network with yeah. folks. Um, because if no one knows who I am, it's sometimes it's hard to progress as quickly as someone else who knows everyone in the company. People in the military really don't quite understand um, the importance of networking and uh, because it's not as necessary when you're in the military. It is to a certain extent, but not nearly as necessary as it is in the civilian community. Um, but uh, I, I was also going to mention there are a number of Navy veterans that are here in uh, Southern Company. Uh, I have a lot of Navy friends, the Navy Marine Corps, obviously our sister services, the, the teamwork there, part of the Department of the Navy, both branches. And the Navy has its own nuclear power program. A lot of people don't know that, but there are young people at 22, 25 years old going through nuclear power school as engineers with the Navy. So there really is a lot of great, extremely valuable, uh, costly training that people in the military go through that can be applied into the civilian workforce. 
Absolutely. And that's something that's always fascinating to me as, you know, I get the chance to travel the state, learn more about the company and you get to meet some of those, some of those employees. And I was at the airport two weeks ago and half of the, the team there has a nuclear submarine background. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that, that's remarkable. It's like, I've, I've never met anyone that has ever been on a submarine until I joined the company. Yeah. And there's tons of them. So that's a testament to Southern company. They do a really good job hiring veterans, especially in specific fields. Um, we have a really good recruiting team as well. Um, MVP, myself, we, we support them. We support supplier diversity. Um, so we're always looking for ways to keep recruiting. And Southern Company does a really good job trying to bring in veterans, um, especially for those um, specialized positions. Yeah. Any major misconceptions that you ran into? Because uh, one of the things I would say is that, you know, people think that being in the military, no matter what your branch of service is or what your job is, people think that it's either A, it's boot camp every day and people are just running around yelling, which is not the case, or B, that everybody is shooting rifles and machine guns and cannons like you did in artillery, doing that all day, every day, also not the case. Any big misconceptions that you ran into when you were coming into the workforce? Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely like boot camp every day. Yeah. Um, you know, after that, it's it, it gets better. I can say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it gets better. Um, yeah, misconception is that, um, you know, everyone has the same type of job. There's folks that that work in office every single day mm-hmm. um, that specialize in that type of field. And, you know, my office was outside. If yeah. we were outside training, we weren't doing much. We we're doing maintenance on top of our pieces of equipment. Um, so we were very active. And so the misconception for a lot of us is like, you know, just because you served, if you're Marine, you, you expected to be like, I saw combat or something like yeah. that. And you may have suffered some mental health issues with that. Um, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen because most, most people that come in and just assume that you've seen something that you haven't, or you've experienced something that you haven't, um, it, or just like, Hey, I know someone that was a Marine. Do you know that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're small, but not that small. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're a few, but you are typically only a few people way away from knowing the entire Marine oh, yeah, Corps. Yeah. There, there is yeah. a small network or a small community. You know, it's interesting that you bring up the, the mental health piece because, I think we've done better as a society over the last few years of sort of erasing that stigma of mental health uh, awareness and also just assuming that anybody that comes out of the military has some sort of mental health issue. Now, of course, I know that I know people that have dealt with it. You do as well. Um, But, you know, that shouldn't be a consideration for a hiring manager or an HR professional who is looking at somebody that's transitioning off of active duty is do they have some sort of post-traumatic stress or anything like that? The number one cause of post-traumatic stress in the United States is a car accident. And you would never be able to ask somebody if they'd ever been in a car accident uh, before hiring them. You'd have a lawsuit on your hands. So it's good that you mentioned that. um, And the stigma has kind of gone away from any sort of mental health awareness. But, uh, Again, Southern Company, military veterans in power. Do we have some events coming up uh, throughout the month of November, December, before the end of the year with, uh, you know, November being the the month of Veterans Day, but also Military Families Awareness Month? A little plug for Vetlanta. It's a network of professionals here in the Atlanta area that are all military veterans or members of military families. Uh, professional networking, they host a number of different events. Doesn't the MVP 
program here at Southern Company. They're they're integrated a little bit with Vetlana. You have some some outreach to them, or maybe attend some of the same events. Yeah. So myself and a couple of others on our team, uh, we got introduced. I think just kind of you know on LinkedIn, is looking at different veteran groups, and Vetlana popped up. And I liked Vetlana a lot just because their whole purpose is to bring all the veteran groups within Atlanta together yeah. to share best practice practices, to share those resources that's local. Um, so we started to attend some of those events, made some contacts like Emory Healthcare, Truist Bank, met Delta, UPS, um, met Warrior Alliance there. So some of those resources that we we brought back to the company and they, these are all free resources. Yeah, that's the great part. We love free. I love free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just getting out there and trying to meet people that are doing the exact same thing that we're trying to do to better our, our veterans and our own employees. Um, that's what, what it's all about. That's why I like Vetlanta. And Vetlanta is now getting a free plug on the Southern Company Podcast <laughs> Network, so they'll appreciate yeah. that. We'll, we'll make sure that they know. Um, were you married when you were in the military? I know you are now. No, I was not. Okay. So um, I met my wife in college okay. and um, went, went to VSU, but also state. And uh, we decided it was a great time to get together as I went to boot camp. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect timing. Interesting. Yeah. But she, she worked for Delta as a flight attendant. So when I was, uh, was, when I was moving around and I was stationed in California, she'd come visit me and um, it helped the flight benefits helped when I would, you know, make trips home during oh, some holidays if I had them free. Um, so it was, it was great. And we've been married for five years and Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And, uh, together for 10. Um, and we have a one-year-old son. That's, that's awesome. The reason I ask is because military spouses and military families, that's all part of the, you know, military employment programs, or it should be, uh, what I've told people before is if you have a military veteran program, that's great for hiring, but it's really only half of a program. You need to really uh, make sure you're putting an equal amount of time and focus on looking at military families and spouses. Um, a lot of spouses may struggle finding work. Uh, maybe they've got certifications in one state, but because they've moved several times in relation to the military, that certification or that license doesn't have reciprocity in some other states. Um, so again, a lot of great work has been done in that space. Uh, over the years, the problem is not nearly what it was, uh, but something to to consider as far as these resource groups go, right? Absolutely. Um, we actually have a couple spouses uh, on our leadership team. Um, their their husbands, you know, served retired from the military, um, and they their stories you know, are great. They yeah. love. First off, they're they're leaders in their community as well. Like they just haven't stopped being a part of that type of community. They're still out there leading food drives, leading um, backpack drives to this day. Um, and they're a part of our leadership team. So we we acknowledge our spouses. We say spouse appreciation days every day. Um, it's kind yeah. of what the one-liners we have within MVP, just because of the sacrifice they made as well. It's not just the person doing the job. Families, are, they have to have that sacrifice. Yeah, military spouses serve too. And and that's that's something that really needs to be hammered home is that the, the spouses and the families, anybody in close relation to a, a service member or a veteran, they serve too. And so that's just something that I always try to keep top of mind for myself and for anybody else that's that's working in this space. Um, I know that when I was overseas and I was stationed in Okinawa as well for a few years, among other duty stations, uh, when I was overseas in Asia, 
one of my favorite things was just the culture of people and the acceptance uh, for the most part of the US military being over there. Uh, and I also loved the food. The food <laughs> in that part of the world is amazing. Um, favorite part of being overseas, especially at a young age, getting to travel, getting to explore the world and get that life experience. Favorite part of that? Uh, I would just, yeah, the travel piece of it. Yeah. You know, just being somewhere new that I never would imagine being. And, uh, you know, like the Philippines, Thailand, going to, not that, you know, you go to a port. We, I'm on a Navy ship, so we go to a port. Um, or we, we leave from a boat or from a helicopter and, and train. Um, but a lot of times, you know, you get there, you're surrounded by kind of the tourist areas, a lot of people. Um, you're surrounded by a lot of different countries that come there for vacation, popular areas. Yeah. But when you're training, you're going to these very remote areas in the jungle and the fields, and you get to experience the real side, you know, the, what the average person lives like in those countries. And you get to talk with them. You get to mingle with them. You mingle with the, the military and you eat their food. You share food together mm -hmm. and you sleep right next to each other. Yeah. I've never met these people, you know, <laughs> in my entire life, but we're doing the same job. Right. And I may never see them again. And that's part of that. It goes back to the life experience and the just overall experience you get at such a young age that we were talking about earlier is, you know, how many other 22 year olds, 20 year olds, sometimes 19 year olds are traveling to different parts of the world, getting integrated into the different cultures, the different lifestyles, uh, foods, living spaces. It's just incredibly valuable experience for a young person to be able to uh, go through at that age and at that time and place in their life. Absolutely. And I really do think it helped me mature even more because uh, it's very humbling. You know, yeah. when, when you need an interpreter to talk to someone else, you have to have that patience for one. But the way of life is different. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's, I think yeah, I appreciate their way of life versus what we have here. You don't think, take things for granted because of the, of the unfortunate ways people have to live in certain areas. And you see that firsthand. So you talk about experiences, you know, it's a lot of that, you know, you can't, it's hard to match. Yeah. So at a very young age, you bring that to a company like Southern Company, it, it humbles you and you, you know, you, you take pride in what you do and you can share those type of experiences and it helps you, I think helps you become a better leader. You also get a crash course, I would say early on, you get a crash course in international relations yeah. and the government's working together things that you never thought that you would have to learn or know about. You, you start learning about the way the two different governments work together or, or multiple governments and military services, which can be valuable uh, in any walk of life, knowing how to navigate that complex sort of um, alignment of public affairs, community engagement, international relations. It's, it's all really valuable. It is. Um, and that's something they don't really prepare you for until you get there. And you're like, hey, these are the rules you can't do. I'm yeah. Like, I can't do this, this, this. Like, I will, you know, at the time you do have off, I'd love to go see this, this, and that. But you have to be respectful to what, you know, their culture and what they re require from you. Um, so, yeah, it's a, you kind of get a crash course when you yeah. get in there. And it's yeah. like, this is what you can't do. And it's what you can do. And you're like, okay, you know, yeah. try to abide by the rules. Right. <laughs> Anything else you want to add about, uh, about your time either in the service, here with Georgia Power and Southern Company, anything else about the ERG program? I would just say, if, you know, if you're a veteran and you're listening to this and you're looking for some resources, you just don't really know where to go, it doesn't even have to be work-related. 
we have MVP, myself, and others. We have a lot of good resources in our community, whether it's VA, nonprofits. If it's yourself, if you know someone, reach out to us. Reach out to myself. You can call me at any time. I'm not sure if, if this my information, how it will be shared. But you can contact anyone through MVP to answer any type of question you have. So I would, I would just want to say that note because that's we all take pride in trying to help someone else that we know, another veteran, our brothers and sisters keeper, right? That's something we always like to preach. Um, so that's something I always like to try to share to, to folks. But, no, I appreciate y'all's time today, inviting me on to talk a little yeah. bit about MVP and my experiences. And um, this is my first time doing a podcast. So this is pretty good pretty good experience and it, yeah it's it's always dangerous with two marines sitting there with <laughs> microphones in front of them and so i don't think we we did anything out of line this so was pretty I'm, good i'm really proud of ourselves i'm yeah. really proud of myself and you as well um anyway november 2022 is military veterans month and military veterans and families month so we just appreciate southern company and georgia power and all the operating companies what they do for veterans and families and looking forward to finishing out this year on a strong note for for military veterans and anyone who's in connection with them absolutely yeah Thank awesome you. thanks josh appreciate it thank you Thank you for listening to the SoPod Network, Salute to Service podcast. All podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast platforms.